Hey, welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoy this message. so good. And now I'm just going to share with you for, for 20 minutes or so, if maybe if you're not used to our church, thank you, if you're not used to our church services, this is a time where we just open the Word of God together and, and share a thought, and don't worry, I'll try not to make it boring. Um, but God's got good things for us today, and we're going to open His Word together. And um, really, as I was thinking about what to share with you today, I was, it's something that has been sort of bubbling away on the inside of me as I thought about continuing to walk in faith, continuing to move forward. God wants us to keep taking ground. And as I, as I thought and prayed about this, I don't know about you, but I don't always feel that confident or I don't always feel like I've got this today. And as I was thinking about that, uh, and, and also what led me to think about this was I remembered thinking about the child dedications, I remembered what it was like when we had our first child. And I don't know if anybody else, maybe this is just me, but our our kids are teenagers now, but I still remember when our daughter was born, our our firstborn child, she came into the world, amazing experience. Um, I mean, it was very tiring for me, but no, (laughs) don't go there. Don't even start down that track. I was hungry, guys. No, don't, don't even, right. Women are amazing. Mothers, wow. But the, I, remember, um, I remember the first time I met Bella when she was born, I remember introducing myself to her. Because I was like, I went, hello. I, I'm your dad. Like, I don't know, it just felt like appropriate. It was quite a polite meeting. Anyway. I remember when she was born, uh, we had to stay in, fa- in hospital for two nights. And then when it was time to leave, we put her uh, in her car seat. It's not a car seat anymore, is it? It's a travel system. We put her in the travel system. And um, that is a whole other world, child carrying equipment. I was in a shop the other day and a woman was carrying a car seat. And as she was walking along, she pressed the button, went ka-chung, and wheels came out at the bottom. I was like, this is amazing. Um, anyway, so, so we're coming out of the hospital. She goes in the car. We, you know, you get back. I've got a baby. Give me space. Uh, newborn. And uh, we get home. And um, we are now responsible for this tiny human being. And I remember thinking, Oh, this is interesting. Um, like, what do we have? We got everything. Are we all right? Do we know what we're doing? What happens if this happens? Oh, she's crying. What does this mean? What does that mean? What? And I'm going to be honest. There was a moment where I thought I was kind of expecting there'd be a knock at the door, and there'd be—I'd open it, and there'd be a man, probably with a clipboard in a suit, and he'd go, look. Oh, it's Mr. James, is it? Yes. Look, I'm terribly sorry. There's, there's our fault. But there's been a mistake. You see, <laughs> so sorry. What's happened is, we've just let you walk out of hospital with a baby. And um, you've, I've looked at your CV. <laughs> you've got no experience in this whatsoever. I know, so sorry, you've got no experience. You've not passed any exams. 
of qualifications for this. So, you know, really sorry, but she'd probably better come with us. And there was something inside of me that went, you're probably right, because I, do, I don't know what I'm doing with this child. And the thing is, that, that sense of, I don't really know what I'm doing, or maybe, maybe I'm not cut out for this. I've stepped into something, and maybe, is this all right? Am I supposed to be doing this? And some of us, some of you have experienced this, and it doesn't just stop with your kids. You still have it with your teenage kids. Some of you have it about your jobs. When you're doing a job and you're expecting somebody to knock on the door and go, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> this has been a mistake. You can't do this job. You're like, I know. I'll just get my, I'll just get my stuff. <laughs> and you feel this sense of, I'm a fraud. I'm just chancing this. And apparently psychologists tell us that the further we go on in life, and actually the more success we achieve, the more likely we are to actually feel it as well. I remember once going to a football match. I was invited to a football match, and I was invited to sit in the director's box. Yes. And I went to the director's box. I was wearing a suit, which is, yeah, I look good. And... I sat in the box and uh, had a meal beforehand, and then I went out to sit and watch the match, and um, Gareth Southgate walks in. So I'm in my seat, he's coming in, his, entering his row of seats there, and so he's doing the shuffling along. So I'm facing this way, so he's coming along, it's Gareth Southgate. And so that's the England manager, by the way, if anybody doesn't know that. That's a big deal if you're into football. And I'm watching him come along the road, and you've got a decision to make there. Do you go for the full, you know, handout? Do you, do you go, oh, Gareth, do you try and get a selfie? I went with the play it cool. He said, all right. <laughs> like, you know, like I knew him. All right, Gareth. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you. And then he sat down and said, oh, it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> Taking photos. And then, and then because I knew he was there, I watched the match on Match of the Day. And of course, it came, and Gareth Southgate is in attendance today. And, and you could see my knee <laughs> next to his head. So I'm phoning my dad, 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 I'm on Match of the Day tonight. <laughs> He's like, where are you? I'm like, that's my knee. <laughs> But I had this sense when I was sat there like, I, I'm not sure I should be here. I'm not sure I really belong here. And so often, many of us have that sense in all areas of our life. Might be your job, might be the course that you're on, might be the grades that you're getting, might be the opportunities that you're stepping into, it might be the business that you're running or that you're a part of, and you're thinking, any minute now, I'm going to get found out. I'm not sure I should be here. And it's... Uh, psychologists have called it this, it's called the imposter syndrome. And you might have heard it before, it's a thing that is getting talked about quite a lot now, and it turns out that quite a lot of people feel it. And as I started to pull this thread, I, I did some reading, apparently at least 70% of people have felt this experience of, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm getting away with this. Maybe I'm a bit of a fraud, maybe I'm... Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But, but as I started to pull the thread, I realized the thread's all the way through the Bible, that people doubted and second-guessed and, and were concerned about, should I be doing this? And all the time, God was like, you've got this. You've got this. 
And so I just want to speak into it today because here's the challenge that we face. When we've been talking about faith and we've been talking about moving forward, it's a lot easier to have faith in God than it is to have faith in God in you. Because we go, oh, I believe God can do it. I believe God can, yeah, he can take it. I believe, yeah, he can do all things. I believe it. And, and God says, right, well, I'm going to use you to do it. Ah. <laughs> let, me, let me stop you there, Lord. I'm not sure that's a great idea because what you don't know, God, is, and God's like, are you kidding? I'm the creator of the universe. I know everything about you. And yet he chooses you and he chooses me. And that is the grace of God. The grace of God that we receive through Jesus, it's nothing to do with how good we are. It's all about how good he is. But it's a lot easier to believe that. But I want to encourage us. We've got to keep stepping forward, not, not just in the things that we do, but in who God's called us to be on the inside. He's not caused us again to shrink back and, and go backwards or just stay where we are. He wants each of us to push on into the goodness that he has for us. And I'm sure that heaven is full of unanswered prayers and unanswered provision that is there simply because we haven't asked and we haven't stepped into it and we haven't been brave enough to go ahead and get into it. We think, oh, that's for other people. That, that's for them or because of my past or because of my past experience. That's, that's just for other people. And God says, no, tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. Touch somebody next to you and say, tag, you're it. Where I come from. You maybe called it tig. Anybody call it tig or tag? Where I come from, where it's properly pronounced in Newcastle, you call it tuggy. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. But God said, no, it's, it's over to you. There, there isn't some secret room of better equipped Christians hiding somewhere. God uses ordinary people like you and like me to fulfill his purpose. He wants to use you exactly where you're at, whether that be in a council office, in a classroom, in a, in a garden center, in an accountancy firm, in that, in that school. He, he's ready to use you, and our normal life can look so, oh, it's just so mundane and normal, and God's going, no. I want to use you for my purpose here. I have called you now for this time and this moment. He knows where you are and he wants to use you in your life. And we go through this thing, oh, you can't mean me. And we sort of discount ourselves and God said, no, tag, you're it. But we look around and we have this idea or perception that somehow everybody else is just better than we are or has it more together than we do. And, and again, scientists, uh, psychologists have looked at this, and it's called, it's called pluralistic ignorance. Yeah. That's cool, isn't it? Pluralistic ignorance. And, and that, it's the, the fact that we each doubt ourselves, but think we're the only ones because no one else is saying it out loud. Because right. our narrative is in our heads. So we think nobody else has these doubts. Right. Nobody else has these fears. Nobody else feels out of the depth. Are you kidding me? And if nothing else happens today, just the fact that we all just realize we all have this yeah. is okay. Yeah. And we look at other people, we look at that Instagram, we think, oh, isn't that family perfect? It's really interesting as a pastor, when I speak to people and somebody might say, hey, you know, we're struggling with this area or, or maybe in our marriage, you know, could you help? And I say, you should go and talk to so-and-so because they went through the exact same thing. They go, no. Go, yeah, no. But they're so lovely. Well, yes, they are, but that's not the point. We all go through things. Oh, somebody says, oh, can you, 
can you help me because my, my kids are sort of experiencing this? And, and I said, well, speak to so-and-so because their kids went through it. No, surely not. But their kids are perfect angels. No, uh, no they're not. <laughs> because nobody's kids are perfect angels. And yet we, we, we have this idea that we've, everybody else has got it sorted. And we look at, you know, the, the lovely family Instagram picture of all the family, and we're all lovely, don't they look perfect? We all know what's happening just before that family photo. I, 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 we, have, we have photos, I'm pretty sure we've got some printed in our house, where we are there, all smiling, standing lovely, looking great. The last words before the photographer said, say cheese, came out of my mouth, and they were, you will smile or you won't see your Xbox for a month. <laughs> And that's the reality. But you just see the lovely photo. And Shirley really likes her Xbox. No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. Okay. Stop being silly, we've got things to talk about. Now, as you start pulling this thread, what I realized was this thread doesn't just go through life. This thread is all the way through the Bible. And today, I'm not going to uh, speak on a specific scripture. I want to more show you this thread through the Bible and the different characters. Because think about these different characters in the Bible. We could talk about Moses. Read Exodus 3 and Exodus 4. Moses couldn't have offered more excuses as to why he should not be doing what he's doing. If I was God, I would have gone, yeah, do you know what? You're right, I'll use somebody else. But, but, but God is so gracious. Think about Gideon. Maybe you don't know the story of Gideon. He was found hiding away from the enemy, and God said, stand up, mighty warrior. And he said, but I'm the weakest person in the weakest family in the weakest tribe. Because I'm not really interested. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you for my glory. We think about, others think about David who was a mighty king, but he was a shepherd in the fields. We think about the disciples, so dysfunctional. Three years they spent with Jesus and they would still argue and bicker and get things wrong. Unbelievable. And, and just think about Joshua for a moment that we've been considering over our Faith Forward series. God said to him at the start, be strong and courageous. Three times he says to him, be strong and courageous. Why is he saying that? Because that's not our natural propensity to be strong and courageous. We have doubts. We have fears. No, step in. Be strong and courageous. He actually starts, God actually starts that chapter with, Moses, my servant, is dead. But Joshua knew that. So why was God pointing it out? God was saying, tag, you're it. He said, it's now your time. I know you know Moses is there, but I'm registering it with you. The, 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 the old is gone, the new has come. You've got to step into the new now. I'm registering that with you. Some of you need to know that by the Spirit of God today. The, the old is gone, and the new has come. It's trying to draw a line over what's gone on in the past and go, no, I'm moving forward from here. There's no going back. And yes, you're going to have doubts. All these characters in the Bible had doubts, but God said, no, I'm going to use you. So step in, step in, tag your it. So I want to look at just, in the time we've got, three really quick principles. 
I'm assuming that many of us have felt this kind of experience before. And I just want to suggest three things that we should do with it. I'm going to look at the, the life of Saul really briefly. Um, and and Saul's, Saul gets a bad rap in the Bible because it doesn't end well, let's be honest. But at the outset, Saul was actually a chosen king of God's people. The Bible says he was head and shoulders above the rest. He had a lot, lot going for him in that sense in the outward, and God called him to be king. But in 1 Samuel 10, and I'll just, we'll just dive into this, it says that he was basically getting anointed as king. He was, there was a whole assembly gathered and he was going to be crowned as king. And it says, finally Saul, son of Kish, was taken, he's chosen. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. So they inquired to the Lord, has the man come here yet? They were thinking, did we just lose him? Did he not arrive at his own coronation? And the Lord said, well, yes, but he's hidden himself among the supplies. So they ran, they brought him out, and he stood among the people. He was head taller than any of the others. Samuel said to the people, do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There's no one like him among all the people. And the people shouted, long live the king. In the moment that Saul was being appointed as king, he was hiding. He was hiding in the baggage. And here's, here's what I need us to understand, church. That in this season, especially this season, of so much change, so many new things, so many new experiences, if we're not careful, that idea of imposter syndrome will give way to fear. We have to be on guard against that. Because God's perfect love drives out all fear. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Do not give in to the fear. God has so much for you. Do not give in for fear. Well, you know, I'm not sure. There's a job promotion, but I'm not sure I'll go for it. Well, they might not like me. True. But they might. Step in. Well, you know, Kitan said earlier about putting myself forward for a team, but, you know, what if they don't want somebody like me or there's not... Are you kidding me? We need all hands on deck. Don't disqualify yourself. God is looking and, and saying, no, put yourself forward. Don't let fear stand, uh, make you stand back. And, because often in everyone else's eyes, you've got this. Everybody was looking at Saul thinking, wow, this guy's really impressive. And yet he was away hiding, be strong and courageous. We can accept the feeling that I feel a little bit overwhelmed or I feel anxious about it. That, that's okay. It's just a feeling. It's just an indicator. But don't bow down to it. Take it captive and think about who God says you are. That God says you can do it and that God is going to move you forward. So don't give in to fear. That's the first principle. Don't give in to the fear. The second one is this. That those God calls, he equips. If he has called you to be a mum, he has equipped you to be a mum. You might not feel it right now in this moment. If he has called you into that job, he has equipped you to do that job. Let me read this to you. 1 Samuel 10 again. This is Saul. So around the same time, Saul turned to leave. And it says, God changed Saul's heart. And all the signs were fulfilled that Samuel had spoken about. When he and his servant arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came powerfully on him, and he joined them in prophesying. Or 1 Samuel 11 verse 6 says, When Saul heard these words about some trouble that was coming, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. Here we have this king, he was reluctant and he's, he's hiding but he gets brought out and he becomes king and then what happens 
when trouble comes, when the situations come, the Bible says the spirit of God, God falls on him and actually changes his heart. And I want to say to you, you might feel out of your death, but God has equipped you. Those he calls, he also equips. He is working in you for his purpose. And what's interesting about this scripture is it says the spirit of God fell on him because in, in, in the Old Testament, um, oh, we'll get stuck there. Let's just go in the New Testament. We have the spirit of God, time's sake. We have the spirit of God living inside of us because of what Jesus has done. If you know Jesus, you have the spirit of God living inside of you. We don't need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fall, fall on us to, to be with us. The Holy Spirit is always with us. We might ask for a fresh awareness of his presence, and that's cool, and we might ask for more of his presence, but he is inside of you. And so... When God is equipped, you might think, well, I don't feel equipped. You don't need to look outside to outward things. You need to look at what God's doing on the inside of you. And you need to dig into the resources. I want to encourage you in your business, when you're stuck, ask the Holy Spirit. Well, that's a bit spiritual. Yes, we are spiritual beings. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. When you're stuck in that classroom, you're not sure how to deal with that student that's struggling, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. He is with you. He is for you. And so often we've, we've got this sort of superpower on the inside of us, this advocate, this counselor, this helper, this advisor. And yet we're, we're, we're totally ignorant to, to what he's doing. We've got to press in. Those he calls, he equips. Whether you look at Moses, Joshua, Gideon, Peter, the disciples, whenever any of them stopped, stepped forward, God moved in powerful ways through their lives. Why? Because it's his purpose they're fulfilling. It's his purpose you're fulfilling. So is he going to give you a job to do and not give you the tools to do it? No, because he wants it doing. So he's going to use you to do it. So don't give in to the fear. Understand that he has called you and he also equips you. And here's the third thing that I want us to understand. And I think this is the thread that I've really been pulling on. I'm not sure if you agree with me, but take it, think about it. I think there's an element where we're actually supposed to feel like this. The reason I say that is because it's so frequent in the Bible. I got a bit stuck planning this sermon because I'm like, I could just open the Bible anywhere and find examples. It was hard to sort of narrow it all down because it's everywhere through the Bible. Unlikely leaders, people that wanted to step into what God was calling them to, and yet they, they had doubt and weren't sure and doubted themselves, doubted what God was doing. And the reason that I think it's there is because there has to be room for faith. If we can accomplish it all in our own strength, we don't need God. And we know the Bible teaches us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We know the Bible constantly shows us that faith is the trigger to see the actions of God in our life. So actually, if you are in your life right now, think, do you know what? I am nailing this. I have got everything sewn up. I understand everything. I'm completely good in all areas. I'm not sure you're in a good place. Because I think there has to be areas where we're saying, God, only you. Because that's the growth that we need. That's when we get to the end of ourselves. That's where we find God. And we have to step into that. Why? Because we want to know God more. How are we going to know God more if we don't talk to him or ever lean on him or trust in him? 
And when we get to the end of ourselves and we find out there's knowing more about him, learning more about what he's done inside of us, it activates something fresh inside of us. Now, we don't stay the same. The challenges might look bigger, but it's all about growing in him. So my encouragement to you today would be allow that sense to drive you to a new dependence on God. Don't, don't give in to the fear. Understand that you might not feel it, but he has equipped you. But then allow that sense to not freak out. You don't need to phone a friend and 10 friends and tell them how scared you are. Use it to drive it towards God, drive you towards God, to find that dependence on him and the act that he wants to do in your life. Church, this is our time. This is our turn. God is saying to you, Tag, you are it. You are it for your school. You are it for your college. You are it for your business. You are it for your place of work. Well, but I'm not sure. You are it. God's got you. Those he calls, he equips. And I love, when you think about it, he's doing it for his purpose. So he isn't going to let you down. Because he's not doing it for your, for your glory. He's doing it for his glory. So when we just surrender ourselves to God and go, God, I don't really know how this works. I don't really know what to do, but I know you do, and I'm going to lean into you. When God then comes through, inwardly, you're not going to be going, wow, how great am I? Because <laughs> you know I didn't do this. God did this. And when you continue the life of Saul on, that's where Saul got into problems. We haven't got time to read it, but when he just took things into his own hands and said, you know what, I don't need God. I've got this, and he had that pride. But when we stay in a, in a humility that says, I know God's gifted me and I know God's equipped, equipped me and he's done it for his glory and I'm going to continue to lean and stand on him and believe he's going to do amazing things in and through my life. Listen to me, church. God's got you. You got this and God's got you. If you remember nothing else today, remember, you got this because God's got you. Amen? Come on, let's stand together. Let's declare this song together as we close. Thanks for joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you, so why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at Lifechurchhome. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.